What's going on, guys? Jay Daniel here with my guest, Zach Brown, and of course, the legendary Victor Marshall. And today, we're going to talk about the industry. That are it. Yeah, man. So I I was looking, thinking, who can we have on for episode number 10? You know, who can we have on that kind of embodies what we do and kind of just gives the same vibe that we have for the industry and can just come in and just give us some drop bombs, give us some knowledge. And there's nobody else I could think of other than Zach. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Zach is a storied recruiter in the space. He's seen a lot, done a lot. He's also talked to a lot of business owners, a lot of closers, has had his hand in a lot of people finding opportunities in this space. And there's none other person that I think holds people accountable to excellence other than Zach. So I want to bring him on, introduce him. What's up, Zach? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Appreciate y'all having me on. Super pumped to be here. Yeah, love having you on, man. So can you give us give us kind of a little bit of a background of you and who you are for those who don't know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 31. I am married, have a one-year-old, live in the great state of Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Uh, quit my wage slave job about three years ago, uh, just over. Uh, jumped into actually MLM at the time uh, and tried for about a year and a half to make that work uh, and then transitioned into how to get recruiting after that. And then that's kind of how I um, bled into recruiting slash coaching and helping people uh, onboard themselves from a similar position I was a couple of years back uh, into working remote in uh, sales gigs. And then here I am. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm just going to dive right into the meat, man, because that's just what we Please, do. Please, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> but can you give us, um, from your perspective, what is some of the biggest mistakes that you see new people making when they come into the industry? Hmm. I'm going to say being a little, so as a cunt, Jesus, a couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say buying the the hype and not asking good questions mm. and not not digging in like taking something uh for face value and just assuming that those who are trying to sell you into a particular program or are trying to educate you on a particular topic have your best interest in mind and i should think you guys talked about this in one of the podcasts everybody has their own best interest in mind that's priority numero uno uh -huh. everybody else is secondary and i think if all of us, especially people kind of stepping into the space would recognize like, hey, there is an agenda here. They are trying to accomplish a goal. They're trying to put food on their own tables. And if they can't do that, then what they do is worth, you know, very little. So I think recognizing that um, is uh, something that I, th I think a lot of people just assume uh, is maybe the opposite of the way that it actually is. And to their benefit, there is a lot of, I would argue, good positivity in the space. And this is a, an industry where you're paid to produce. And generally, those who have bad attitudes tend to not produce super well. And there's always a lag one way or the other. But the level of your personal development, just to be you know, paint with a broad brush, generally has a lot to do and generally runs in parallel in some way, shape or form with the level of income that you produce. And um, I think those couple of things are uh, what I think pe people coming new into the space could 
benefit from just recognizing um, coming in. Yeah. Uh, I just want to like add to that too, because that, that's like huge. Like um, it's an amazing industry because like you're getting paid to talk to a bunch of really cool people that are like, you know, doing really cool shit and you can make a ton of money. But if you're, if you're not thinking for yourself, like I, it sounds a little funny, but I almost, I almost don't mind when somebody says they have to think about it. Right. That means they have their own internal thought process and I can, I can kind of just talk through them with it. Right. Like, okay, cool. What, like, let's get to the bottom of this. Right. Like, I think it's important to have your own internal compass. And if you don't have that, you're just going to get fucked, bro. You're going to get fucked around like, like, like bad. So, mm-hmm. oh, dude, continue, Victor. Let's yeah, I think it's, I think, like you said, like, if you don't have your internal compass, if you don't have a view of what you want, and I think that's what a lot of it is too. People come in and they're like, I just want to make a bunch of money or I need to pay my bills. And it's like, that's great. But this, this opportunity, this industry has so much more available than just that. So what do you really want from it? What do you want to glean mm-hmm. from it? What do you want to take from it? If you don't have that already nailed down, then you're going to come in thinking, I want to make a bunch of money. And you're going to grasp at whatever you think is going to make you a bunch of money. And that's how you end up falling for the schemes, the traps, the scams, the gurus, the you know the programs that are promising you X, Y, and Z, but only 1% is going to get X, Y, and Z. You've got to put in the work, you've got to develop. And if you don't develop, and, and you won't develop because all you want is money. You don't want to develop. You just want to make the money. I think that's key. I think it's it's a key to know what you want and to come into it like, all right, this is what I want. This is what I want to attain. And these are the steps that it's going to take to get there. Would you say, would you say that even for people maybe stepping into a program that is actually worth a damn, that um, there's still many who, um, like you said, don't exactly have a clear picture of what they're after they just know what they don't want and mm-hmm. that maybe necessarily isn't the best motivator like they're running from something and kind of piggybacking off what you said they want to make more money to, to escape the fact that they're living paycheck to paycheck but um you know in the same way that i think even some business owners start businesses for the same reason like they don't even want to be a business owner they just don't want to be an employee so like that <laughs> negative reinforcement i i think is leveraged a lot of times where people just really press in and make that that pain hurt to the point where you're like, all right, you know, I'll go into debt, I'll take out a loan, I'll do whatever I got to do to get out of this because this just flat out sucks, and I need to get, you know, I need to figure out something different, something different. Even if people don't necessarily want to even do sales to begin with, I've seen plenty yeah. of people that are like, I'm educated on what sales is, not for me, and now they're five figures in the hole. Expensive lesson. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's so, so key though. Like you said, even these programs that are great can be somebody's scam or somebody's like, this wasn't worth it. Or somebody's like, blah, 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 because you've got to know what you, you've got to put the development into doing it. You still have to do the work regardless of where you're at. I think that there's, there's, there's programs out, even the worst program can work for someone who puts all of their effort into it. Right. So if you're going to go into anything and you don't want to put the work in, or you don't even have the the knowledge of I'm going to have to put work in to make this work. And I don't mean like nobody's told you that you have to put work in, but you don't have that self-guided, you know, drive that says, all right, I need to kick it into another gear mm-hmm. or this is going to really suck. Then you wind up throwing money at anything. It's like a relationship, right? <laughs> it's like a relationship. If I know what I don't want, but I don't know what I do want, I'm just repeating the same thing in the next girl, right? right. 
and then I'm the toxic one because I'm bringing all the the bad toxic. <laughs> well, you know, but you know what that causes? You know what that causes? Yeah. Because I think it's important to like. I think it's good to know like the consequence of inaction, whatever. But it, it creates a sort of desperation in people where they're willing to be unethical because it's like I have to get away from this. I have to get away from this. I'm gonna rip off whoever the fuck I have to rip off. Where it's mm-hmm. like. Dude, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this guy was like, he has a hundred million dollar company. He's like 30, he's chilling, he's doing his thing, right? When he was 23, he couldn't afford a course, right? So he said, I'm gonna be in real estate, but I can't afford a course, I can't afford a mentor, I can't afford anything, I'm broke as shit. So I'm gonna go work clothes for somebody who's killing it in the space. And he told the guy, Hey, I'm gonna close for you for three years and I'm gonna make you a shit ton of money, and I'm gonna start my own business. At 26, he starts the business from 26 to 30, he's a fucking multimillionaire, right? But he knew what he wanted the entire way through. So the whole time it was gleaming lessons and not just like, let me make as much money as I can. I think having that long view, like though, like those are the people that fucking smash it every mm-hmm. single You know, it, it 100%. Can't, just can't just be money. Yeah. Right. You mentioned, you mentioned business owners and, and I wanted to talk to you about this specifically. You mentioned business owners coming to the space, not even knowing that they want to do a business. It's just, no, they don't want to be broke. They don't want to be an employee. Um, what are you finding that is, is signature for those kinds of people? How would you identify those kinds of people? Hmm. That might be hard to quantify. I don't know if I necessarily have a clear identifier. I think I'd base that more just on kind of atmosphere and sentiment of the different types of business owners that I've talked with and, and worked with. I would say though, that I see a lot of fall off with when it comes to business owners actually knowing how to manage people and they've got their, they're wearing 15 different hats. And I think it's not because they're trying to be conniving or trying to, trying to purposefully necessarily do somebody dirty that they bring onto their team. I think a lot of times it's just, they don't have the bandwidth to properly uh, allow themselves to uh, properly train themselves or be in a situation where they can learn and develop the skill of managing people and being a good, wholesome leader. And to to me, that's the foundation of having a successful team. If you can give everything uh, to your team that they need to make this work or make your organization thrive and grow, um, everything else more or less... in speaking in broad terms, generally takes care of itself. But I see that being missed more than anything else. Like people come up with these great ideas, these awesome pipelines and offers that aren't you know terribly bad at the end of the day. But just their turnover is just a revolving door and they can't keep people. Yep. And at, at some point, you're going to have to recognize there's a common denominator with all of those people cycling in and out of your business. And I think Maybe to answer your question, that might be the the thing that is more or less a signal to me that, hey, maybe you really don't want to be here because that like like actually taking care of your team and desiring to grow in that area, um, that should be that should be a given. But managing people is hard. Like it's I mean, I've done it. It's very difficult. It, it's its own thing. And then you run it on top of, you know, trying to run your own sales calls and work on educating yourself, all these different pieces of software and the like. And it just gets to be a complete uh you know shit show and then you know they just fall through the cracks so yeah and you get all the all the newbie closers who are meeting these people who are already stressed out of their mind expecting the newbie closer to save them and it's just yeah yeah they want they want these these 
new closers and new sales reps to test out their their systems and their processes. And it's like, bro, you can do this yourself. Like yeah. it's your business. Like no, first of all, no one's going to care about your business as much as you do. As much as you'd like to think that your idea is the best thing to slice bread, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but no one really cares. They're there for the money. And if there's not an opportunity to make money, they're gone. See ya. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny because then you have, and it sucks too, because then you have sales reps who come to you and they're like, Hey Zach, um, I'm looking for a great opportunity. And then you look at them and you're like, well, what have you been up to? Like, well, I've been working for four or five months in this opportunity. Well, how much did you make in that opportunity? Uh, nothing. Okay. So why are you still there after five months of absolutely nothing? What is, what's the sales process process look like? What's the fulfillment look like? You know, is the company making money? Is it you? Or is it going to be, well, nobody in the company has made any money in the past five months. I've just been working hard, you know, doing, put it in the work. And you're like, okay, well, to me, that tells me that you're kind of unplaceable because you don't know that that's not good. You don't have the wherewithal and the the mental fortitude and the, like the knowledge to know that I shouldn't be here. I should go find something that's better. I should go find something that's going to actually help me get money, get to where I want to be. It tells me that you're somewhere and you're for the sake of loyalty, you're somewhere where you shouldn't be. And that's a red flag to me. Not saying that I won't place mm-hmm. you, not saying that I can't place you, but it's a definite red flag. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, because I'm, I'm curious your y'all's thoughts on this. How would you, how do you think that the whole like hustle culture factors into that? Like dangling, like hiring somebody and then dangling the carrot in front of their face. And then when they don't succeed, don't make any money. It's the, the blame exactly the blame is put on them and with especially with newer people newer you know sales reps that they're not going to necessarily understand the ins and outs of an online business and might actually think it's their fault and mm-hmm. think okay well it's i, I i'm here i want to do this i got to make this work and you know that commission check is just right around the corner when i jumped in the space it really took me probably a year and a half two years to really start getting some momentum and i i actually thought that way I kept going into further and further and further into debt, thinking that the connect that next commission check was just right around the corner. So, you know, mm-hmm. speaking from experience, and I'm not sure, I'm sure it's not everybody, <laughs> but I would think that that might have something to do with it. Um, but I was curious what, what y'all's thoughts were. My life story were on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude, even before high ticket sales, bro, I used to sell door to door when I was fucking 19. And like <clears throat> the, the person, the lady running it, right. The lady, she was like 24. She's like, guys, this is a six-figure opportunity. You're going to make so much fucking money. Like, you're going to have too much money at the end of the month. And, and everybody was hyped. Like, yo, hell yeah, dude. Boom, let's go. And, and um, like, they would say, yeah, you're the best producing rep to me. And I think I was making like 1600 bucks a month, right? And I, and I was like, I just got to work harder. You just got to work harder. You got to put in more work. You got to go harder. And it's, it's you do. You fall into this. You believe it. You know, you're like, no, sales is a six-figure opportunity. If you're in a sales if people told me all the millionaires mm-hmm. told me if i'm in sales i'm gonna make a bunch of money but it's bullshit like it, it's bullshit bro like it, it's literally just math what are the people around me making what's the opportunity yeah. you know and it's I, I think when you start you're gullible bro like you're really fucking gullible yeah. and um unless and i think like unless you have like that guidance or people around you that can kind of like really like kind of because nobody gives a fuck they're busy they're doing their own shit you know they're not looking at and it's like i think a little bit falls on the on, on the business owner too to a degree right because like they're the ones paying you they know you're not making shit right you know oh yeah 
And you they're, know, pray, they're preying on your your innocence. They're preying on your na- naivete. Mm-hmm. They're preying on the fact that they know that you want that money. And they know your pain is money. So they're ringing your pain point as, as a business owner. And they're saying, okay, let me just tell him he has to work harder. I need him to produce. I don't want to do what he's doing. So let me tell him that it's it's he is his fault. He's got to press harder. He's got to push harder. He's got to do more. He's got to you know, develop, 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 do more, do more, do more. And when in reality, it's never been done. Nobody had, there's no proof that you can go out there and make six figures. It's just a catchphrase that you say, oh, hey, I would, I think it's, it's, it's there. It's a dream, right? And you're trying to Mm -hmm. build a dream off of somebody else's back, like, like the pyramids, you know, you're trying to build a pyramid off of somebody else's hard work. And it's like, if I get enough people to come in and work hard, I'm going to erect this huge pyramid. Mm-hmm. That's that's not how it works. Yeah, I, I try to encourage people to watch out for the dreaded OTE, which <laughs> is, is literal garbage. And like you said, I want cold, hard facts. I want yeah. the data. I want you to tell me what are people making? How much have they been making on your team? And if no one's there, okay, well, then we have to have a different conversation here. Yep. But saying, I, I call it if come. It's like, if all of these things... <laughs> come to fruition the stars align if pigs can fly you're gonna make six yeah. nice fat six figures but even if the company's not making six figures right. you're yeah exactly right exactly and that blows my mind too they're making like 30k a month all right i'm ready to hire my clothes i'm ready to hire a closer it's yeah. like bro no you are not okay <laughs> no you are not <laughs> and and as 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 recruiters do you think it's our responsibility to tell business owners just i would say so i mean Someone's got to do it. Yeah, I, I I've taken I've taken it on myself to if I'm talking to a company and they're like, hey, I made five thousand dollars last month. I'm like, okay, what'd you make the month before? Oh, like three, and we're we're ramping up, we're scaling. I'm like, okay, um, I think what you should probably do is maybe even if you're gonna hire someone, hire a VA to handle some of your little light work, so you can go and sell some more calls. Hire someone to do a funnel for you. So that way you can bring in more leads, but you don't need a salesperson because, and then I break it down to them because a salesperson is going to think I need money and I'm going to want a percentage of what's being made. They're going to look at what you're making and they're going to say, okay, that's $50 a month. What's the point? (laughs) Right. (laughs) What's the point? 50% commission though, bro. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. But 50% of zero is still zero. Facts. That's real shit. And I, man, I, I, like you guys said, like I, I've been there, you know, and I was the guy who was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to leverage it for a huge commission. So if I do make something, I'm getting a huge commission. I'm going to get a bunch of people under me to do all of this so we can all do it together. And then I'm just going to break everybody off if we make something right. And then I started like pulling people in, pulling people in to something that wasn't working. And in the end it didn't work. And I was like, it's a great idea. You know, it's a great idea. It's it's with the right the right heart, but not enough understanding of what's actually going on. It wasn't until I really dove into finding out what the business was making and and really valuing myself, which is really what it was, valuing the worth that I know that I'm capable of. Then I started making money. Other than that, like there was no no way to do it. Right. I feel like you gotta you almost gotta earn like imagination and vision like if like for example right if somebody's like brand new 
I, I don't feel like you've earned the whole imagine. I'll give you an example. So like <clears throat> if somebody's a disgustingly good closer, they close 70%. They're just an animal. Any offer they go to, they understand business structures and marketing and how to optimize a funnel, right? They can take somebody who's brand new with a good attitude and say, hey, dude, I think you're going to crush this business. Let me get a fucking piece of the equity. Let me get 50% comms. We'll grow this to a mm-hmm. huge business. Let me come in and kill it, right? They, like, I think um, T- Taylor Walsh actually talked about it, right? Like, the more you grow, the more vision you can see out into the future. I think if you're brand new, you don't have a vision. You just see what's right in front of you. Yeah. And if you, and the thing is, like, if you take, you have, if you see what's in front of you, you have to see the reality of what's in front of you, not like the dream that they're painting, because that's fake, right? Yeah. It, it's like, what are the actual numbers in the business, right? What's it actually producing? How much are other people making? And what's the training and development look like? Like, you can't, you have to be practical in the beginning. You don't know shit. So the team has to help you, you know? I, I think that's what people need to prioritize when they're getting started or they're just like, again, pound time, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think one of the biggest tells, one of the <laughs> things I encourage people to ask when they're potentially, when they're considering potentially parking, partnering up with a company is if they do have a sales team, how long have you guys been there? Yeah. You know, and in a space where it's just, I don't, the average that, and if you guys have a different number, I'd love to hear. Um, I've, I've seen like four to six months is when on average people tend to cycle in and out of a, a sales gig. So if you got somebody that's there for a year, like that's forever in the high ticket space. Like that, that means like some, something is going right for someone to stay for, for that long, at least in the experience I have, I've, I've had, would you guys say, I'd say for number like months is with a decent opportunity may not be even like a great opportunity, but it's, it's a fairly decent gig. People actually are producing a little bit. I've seen even less than that. I've yeah. seen people in the, in the one to three range. And a lot of that is, is on the business owner's part. Um, but a good, a good opportunity where people are making that eight to 12 consistently, if they're putting in enough effort and, and they can actually put that work in and do more. I've seen, yeah, like four to six months, like you said. And then it's usually something goes wrong, something sours them. Because you know what happens? We're humans, right? So if something is repetitive, if something is 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 the same over and over again, we start to think, okay, what's up? What else is out there? Mm-hmm. What more is there? What what more am I able to do? And then you start to get high on yourself, and you're like, all right, I'm I'm doing crushing it. I'm making this consistently. How about if I up my game and get into a better offer? If I can do more and make more consistently, I was just talking to a group of people today. Out, I, I, I was just talking to a group of people today. And it was a group of girls and they were talking about their, their men and how they're just repetitive and it gets boring and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, men are programmed to find something that works and do that for the rest of their life. You know what I mean? So unless mm-hmm. you trick the system, she's there. The, yeah. Unless you trick the system, it's going to, they're going to do exactly what they've done every single day because that's what works for them. And I think that the money and, and the, the, the promise of doing more in six figures and, and status tricks the system a little bit after a while. And so we start to think, oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm making a solid eight each month. All right. So what happens if I find another opportunity that promises me 10 to 15 or even 20? How about I try that and see what that looks like? And then you, then you have people leaving at that four to six mark. That's, that's how I figure it. Huh. How do yeah. you, I'm just curious on that too. Cause like as a rep, right. You're basically a business owner where you can kind of make your own independent decisions in the industry. So like, I'm curious, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Like between loyal 10 K a month consistently in a company, as opposed to like opportunity to make 50. Right. But I've been here for a year. Like, I guess what are your thoughts on that? 
I think, I think that when it really boils down to is what is your vision? Do you want to be the person that makes eight consistently or 10 consistently? If that's fine for you, if that's something that you see, this works for me, this is consistent. I'm steady. Like I'm good at this. There's, there's, you know, there's opportunity here for me. Then great. That's perfect for you. Stay there. Right. But if you're the type of person who's like, you know what? I want more. I want to develop. I want to grow more. I want to see more opportunity. I want to one day become something other than this. Then if you have an opportunity, that's a solid opportunity and you vetted it and you've gotten to a plateau, then switch it up a little bit. It's like working out, right? If you're, if you're consistently benching what they tell you to do, if you're stuck on a plateau on the bench, do push-ups, right? Do push-ups consistently and get back into grinding. Does that necessarily mean that you need to jump to a, a offer that promises 50? No, maybe that's getting to a center gig that's a little bit lower so that way you can get back in the game and grind. It depends on what you're looking for. I think it's it's important to have the variety in sales because one of the things that I've noticed is that that nine to five mentality of my grandpa worked at the factory for 50 years and and he's still there, you know? That mentality carries on to us and it carries into what we're doing right now. And that's just not the environment of the online space. Yeah, not not to mention, I mean, my dad's generation, they're the last that are going to see any sort of pension because uh, he's been, yeah. both him and my my wife's father been at companies for 20 plus years. Yeah. They're going to see the pension. They're going to see the social security. All of us are probably never going to see any of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously we're not in the corporate sector per se, but but still it's like the whole spend the 40, 40, 40 plan. So in 40 years of your life uh, to retire on 40% of your income, I'm mixing it up, but you guys know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that people, like sales reps, a lot of times try to move too quick. And this space is is just oozing with the the whole, or it makes it hard to not fall shiny into object. the shiny, shiny object syndrome and to think that the grass is greener on the other side. Oh, our leads are flaming hot. Like they're basically <laughs> beg begging to give you another credit card or whatever it is. And again, it goes back to what we said earlier about the whole like OTE, like a lot of these businesses are starving for, for good people, but they get the good people can't keep the good people. All they do is get the people that are overly desperate and really aren't here for the right reasons. And it just perpetuates that cycle of, of having two, um, two negatives. If you have one positive, one negative, sometimes you can make it work. Um, but if they're both not a good fit for each other or both opposing, you're going to run into some issues. Um, so yeah, I, I think, and also too, this is what kind of bugs me about the space is everyone says, Oh, you deserve to make as much money as you want. You don't deserve shit. <laughs> you don't and it's like, if you're making eight grand a month in this space and you're doing it consistently and everything is going great. Why on earth would you screw that up? Yep. Why? It's it's an emotional decision. It's not logical. Yeah. You could be really, really calculated in trying to bump up that income, but it I would I would argue that it doesn't happen from jumping from one offer to another. That should be the, your last resort. If you got consistent income coming in in a in, in an inconsistent space, uh that's a huge win. And you should be guarding that with your life. Bird in the hands worth two in the bush. That's a good okay. one. It's like it's kind of um because it's true, like the beauty of these businesses, most of these companies are relatively small, right? You're not going to see a $200 million company in this space, right? Like, so it's like, 
because it's so small, you have access to the marketing team. You have access to the owner. Like you can actually have those conversations about increasing commission. Dude, the offer that I'm on. So I'm closing. I'm taking 10 calls. I'm taking nine, 10 calls a day. Right. Like, dude, we just tripled our price points. We just reworked the entire structure of the offer. You know, everybody's commissions are going to triple. Right. And it's like, you can do that. Just offering feedback to the team and saying, I need to make more money. You can, you know, um, it, it's interesting. Cause I, I kind of see it. Like, I don't know if you guys like basketball and I, I know Vic does, but like, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, you have certain players that stayed in the same team basically their whole career. And then you got the Kevin Durant's who, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just bouncing around. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. and it's, it's just kind of that thing, right? Like which argument is better, which way is better. And it's like, well, I don't know. I like, I, I, I like Curry, bro. you know, he's been the same team for a while. They really focus on the development, but then you have situations where like, like when LeBron was in, um, remember when he was in Cleveland mm-hmm. and he was like that, you know, you could tell he wasn't in the right place. I think you got to have like the mental fortitude to say like, am I in the right place? Right. Is it me or is it the opportunity? And then you just fucking get to work. Yeah. It comes into taking inventory on your goals, yourself, your own limitations and what you're even capable of. Cause a lot of people are like, like you said, I deserve, you know, 20 K a month. Well, are you even capable of 20 K a month? I demand 20 K a month. Do you even have the skill necessary or the time or the fortitude or the, the capacity to handle that? Because with 20K a month comes 20K a month's worth of work. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to hand it to yeah. you. Just because you're in an opportunity that people are making 20K doesn't mean you're going to make 20K. It means you got to do the work just as well as they do or better because you may not have the skill. You may not have the talent. You may not have the the drive. But if you put the work in, you can get there. What, what does JD say all the time? He's like, you know what? If, if I trained with the same coach as Michael Jordan trained with, if I wear the same shoes, if I put the same number on, if I spent the same time in the gym, would I ever be Michael Jordan? No, but I'd be a pretty good basketball player. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you may not be that 20K a month rep, but you could be a 12K a month rep, you know, but you have to, you have to take enough inventory to understand, all right, maybe that's not me. I'm not him, right? But I'm me and I'm capable of what I can do. So let me figure out what that is and then do that. I'm sure you get Victor. I'm sure you get sales reps all the time that are like, Hey, you know, I'm doing okay right now, but can you put me in an offer that I can make, you know, 20, 30 K and I'll ask them the same question. Literally. Are you making 20 K right now? Okay. No, you're not. All right. Well, we need to probably, you know, there's just thing. This is the question I want to ask y'all too, is, is how, how do you see the relationship between the rep taking responsibility and being able to hit those months, like actually putting in, you know, for example, 20K uh, months worth of work and having and, and the infrastructure within the company being there to even make that happen. Do you think it's a, a, a one-to-one ratio? Do you think responsibility is on leans more one way or the other? I think it depends because you can be a top earner or you can be a top performer in a mid-offer. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you can be a top performer in a mid offer making that seven to eight K and then you get into a, a top offer with the same amount of, of work. And you could be that 20 to 25, you know, if, if you're going to put in that, it depends, does depend on your offer a little bit, the structure, the fulfillment, the leads, the, the business owner, it does depend on that. But the amount of work that you have to do, I think you have to always be pushing yourself to be top in order to make that. Regardless of where you're at, you've got to push yourself 
to a point past yourself in order to make that kind of money. And if you're coming into an offer and like we talked about earlier and you're like, okay, what are the other reps making? One of the things I ask a business is what's your top rep making and what's your bottom rep making? I want to see what that looks like all the way in between, because then I can tell a rep, all right, this is what the bottom person's making. This is what the top person's making. Mm -hmm. Your effort can get you anywhere in between or at the top. Everybody wants to be the top, right? Everybody wants to be the top, but nobody wants to do the top's work. So the top is the hardest working person in the business. So you either come in with like, I'm going to be that guy or you, you don't, but there's no way that I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to come into an offer and make $20,000. One, if nobody's doing it. And two, if the (laughs) offer isn't structured, the least you can look at it when you're good, when you've been in the space for a while, you can look at an offer and say, okay, they've got fulfillment. They've got funnels. They've got leads. They've got a business owner who responds to me and helps me do what I need to do. Yeah. There's, there's all of these things. Cause that's important. A business owner communicating with you is so important. It's Absolutely. Important than, I think it's more important than the funnel. I think it's more important than a lot of these other things, because if you can have a conversation and you can say, this is what I need. And the business owner responds and, and works with you to get you that that's gold even a sales manager bro you know it's just like be, you know what i mean there just needs to be that sense of unity and dude i want to touch on something you said because like absolutely you can always go to another offer right to like kind of hit your income goal but dude if you just like even if the top like if you if you're in a gig that's semi-decent you can tell people are making money but they're not like rich if you just dedicate yourself to the craft and mastering fucking sales right when you leave and you go to another place, like, dude, you're going to, you're because your skill set would develop. There's no way you can't go all in on fucking sales, study this shit, understand it, hire coaches, get so much better, bro. And and not go into a 40K opportunity and make 40K, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a parallel. So like, it's a parallel line. Yeah, yeah. So wherever you're, you're, as your potential increases, so should your work ethic, so should your knowledge, so should your drive. Yeah. So wherever you are, you just got to go all the fuck in, you know, like obviously if it's a shit opportunity, that's brand new where the, like the owner is working at Starbucks on the side. Right. Like oh, that's, different, you know, my, my first, my first gig, the owner was working. Like, true story. True story. My first, like, this is like two years ago. My first closing gig, bro. The guy was working part-time for like, Oh shoot. <laughs> Mine was working DoorDash. wow wow yeah i guess at some level i admire the hustle maybe yes no i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well that's another thing too is like when when reps come to me and they're like hey i want to make more money i would be willing to bet nine out of ten times there's something you can do on your current offer that will bump your income up yep you could double most people could double their income up yeah my favorite is the oh yeah i'm not making much money here I'm, I have, I'm a setter and I'm an outbound setter and I just have to make dials all day and it's just not working for me. Oh my, how many dials are you making a day? Like 60. Bro, come on. What are you talking about? You could double that. You could double that in a day. Easy. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? That's, that's stopping you at 60. That tells me that you're putzing around and you're not doing like putting in effort. So you're coming to me saying, Hey, I'm putting all of my, the responsibility on you to find me an opportunity. I'm putting the responsibility on you to get me out of this position that I'm in, but I'm not putting any responsibility on myself to work myself out of this position. Right. Right. 
you can tell how hard somebody's working by the questions they ask, bro. Like <laughs> questions convey like effort. You don't have to you don't have to say I'm doing that. Like you don't have to say it. Like you can just ask a question. Somebody knows this guy's fucking going. Like mm-hmm. you know, and all I, of a sudden they want to help you. I think y'all talked about this in the episode I watched, but you, a lot of times when some with someone's opener, you can usually have a pretty good idea of where their head's at and how well they're gonna perform yeah. uh from from there on out. Yeah. How you do anything is how you do everything. Yep. Yeah. So I I I've been a follower of yours for a while, Zach. And I've I've watched your content for a while. And I know that this next line is something that you're going to have a lot to say about, but oh boy, what pisses you off most about how reps interact with recruiters and the offers that they get placed on? Well, you sort of touched on a few minutes ago, but the, and I'll extend a little bit of grace with this because I think there's some, some ignorance at play here, but it's, uh, coming in with uh, an expectation that someone's there to, you know, meet your every need, do your, do your bidding. Uh, it's entitlement, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It just seems like people are like, all right, well, this $99 course told me that I can get hot, warm inbound leads. So where are they at? Yeah. You know, I paid my dues. I paid my hundred dollars. I bought my course, never bought a course in my life, but I'm the man now. So where's mine? And I, I think a lot of times when someone does find a recruiter, they're like, oh man, I got, I got like this pot of gold here. Like I got to, you know, I got to leverage this as much as I can. And I've had people, I'm sure you had too, that, that just always in your pipeline, always in your pipeline. You're like, are you doing anything else? Like, yes, sure. Leverage a relationship with a recruiter, but that's got to be like one of 15 different things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And this is not a space where you can just rely on one source of anything. You've got to always have con- contingency plan because we're all playing a Mark Zuckerberg's playground and sure. there's nothing stopping anybody from, from going under just like that. I mean, Facebook was down for a day about a year ago. I don't know if yep. y'all were around for that, but yep. we just sat around and just twiddle our thumbs all day. Cause we're like, all right, well, I guess our business is closed for the day, shutting <laughs> our doors. You guys want to go get a beer or something. And it's yeah. like at any moment in time, anything could happen and no one is in control of all the variables. So why would you not, control that variable by having something in your back pocket. Like right. even, even with your relationships, like you don't just meet one person and be like, Oh man, I'm good. I'm set for life. Like I got one recruiter, like their pipe, they're at the mercy of their own pipeline. They can't always help you. Even if your follow-up game is on point, even if they really appreciate how you approach them and how willing you are to be like, yo, do you need anything? Can I do anything for you? Those types of people, by the way, are the ones that I will bend over backwards for. Mm-hmm. I will go out of my way to help them. If they're willing to dude, whatever you need, I don't care what it is. You want a shout out. You want to, you want to, you know, a video giving you a, a testimonial. Uh, I'm going to share your posts. You want me to sing your praises at the top of the mountain? Like whatever it is, like I'll do it. You know, those people, yeah, they're stroking your ego, but at the same time, they're willing to provide value and mm-hmm. give instead of just say, okay, I need to, you know, take care of me myself and I, and nobody else matters. So I, I'd say that that's probably in a long roundabout way. Uh, one thing that kind of, kind of takes me off when people are approaching me it's dude it's it's kind of that um it's kind of that like employee mindset too right like yeah it's exactly what it is you know it's um it's it's the unwillingness to think do you think it's unwillingness or just like not knowing how to think 
and, and, and you they're know what a, I mean? they're out of practice. I, would, right. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I mean, I went, I was going the traditional route all the way up until I was 26, 27. Yeah. I, I just don't think that, that the environment that we are as an average individual placed in and grew and grow up in uh, mm-hmm. really cultivates that critical thinking muscle and a lot many, and I'm, I'm generalizing again, but many corporate jobs, you're paid to be there. You're mm-hmm. paid to show up. You don't get paid to show up here. It's like, oh, nice to see you. Like, what, what do you, what do you bring to the table? Yeah. That's what we care about. Yeah. Yeah. It's interpersonal relationships <clears throat> and we're not taught that. That's something that you have to learn on the fly, right? Yes. You don't go to school and they don't teach you. This is how you interact with people you've, you've just met. This is how you ask someone for something that you have no, you know, relationship with. This is how you build relationships. They don't teach you any of that in school. And it's it's not an excuse on our part because if we're not taught something, it's our duty and our responsibility to go out and find the knowledge necessary to then do those things and to make those things happen. So if I feel like, all right, I need to go introduce myself to someone who I don't know, what's the best way to do that? Well, let's figure that out and then do that. Like when I, when I met Zach, I met Zach through Sanaya, his assistant, you know, and I helped her out as much as I could. And she introduced me to Zach. And it's like, so because I was able to provide value to her and make her look good to Zach, then I got the intro, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, for so many people, you're out here just like, oh, I'm providing value by telling you that I'm ready to work. (laughs) I'm providing value by saying, hey, what jobs do you have for me? Like it's, it's that handout entitlement. Like you said, it's exactly what it is. It's entitlement. And that plays out, not just to the recruiter, but it plays out on the job, plays out in the interview. It plays out when you talk to an employer, I had a guy, I placed him and he basically told the employer everything that was wrong with his business and how he could fix it. And I'm like, do you not understand that this is a person who is very proud of what they've accomplished? Like it's, it's that mentality that you don't get, like you're talking to another individual who's put in their time and effort and energy into something. And you're now telling them that you want to work for them. You want them to hire you, but you're also telling them that everything they do is trash and you're the, you're the answer to fix it. Like who in their right mind talks to people that way? It's like, bro, if you got all these grandiose ideas, do go start your own business. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's like, that mentality is crazy to me. And you know yeah. what, dude? Like, because, like, like, dude, it takes 30 minutes to an hour a day of just literally typing in hiring or closers in, like, the little search bar of, like, most Facebook groups. If you do that 30, like, for, for two weeks, bro, you're going to have hundreds of people that, you, like, you're going to have conversations with. Dude, it's not that fucking hard, you know? So the fact that somebody hasn't hard. done that, it's like, damn. You're one lazy motherfucker. Can I? Can you? I can't even imagine giving you leads that I'm paying five hundred dollars a pop for, right? Because that's what's going through their mind, right? I'm sure, like you know, like even as a recruiter, right? Like I'm sure for you, it's like you would ruin my reputation if I got you anywhere near these people. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, my yeah. program told me that there's yeah. hot leads coming after me and all I have to do is is open my inbox and they're going to come flooding in and these business owners are going to want me because I took a 
10, 7, 9, 120, 5,000, 10,000, doesn't matter. I took a course that told me that this is what it's going to do and this is what it's going to be like. And I would have to do no work and it would just be done for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest issues I have with the space is it's growing at a, an astronomically high rate. And way too many people are preying on the ignorance of people that just don't know any better and are looking for a solution. I mean, remote work has, and I don't have the data for this, but has skyrocketed ever since we had the C-19 issue mm -hmm. um, or event just over two years ago. And a lot of businesses figured out real quick how they can continue to make money in a remote fashion. So um, it's, I think it definitely opened up a lot of people's eyes on consumer, the employee side and on the business side of, hey, we can like lower a lot of costs and we can have happier people, happier employees figuring out this remote thing. But when you have these big institutional um, like Fortune 500, 5,000 companies, they move a lot slower. And I think that with these micro businesses that really dominate the high ticket space right now, you know, they're they're the the tip of the spear for what I think is coming. And I think a lot of sales roles in general are, I mean, you got companies selling solar mm -hmm. that, that are doing uh, remote. You got people selling windows mm -hmm. remote and you can measure digitally now. You can do all this crazy stuff using the, using a Zoom call. Yeah. So it's only a matter of time before some of these bigger companies start coming in and uh, offering a lot of the benefits that high ticket does. Um, but I think with a little more stability. So that's yeah. kind of one of the, re the the things I I wish that a lot of these micro business owners would get start getting right. It's like you need to either shit or grab the pot because you're running out of time. Like you're not going to be able to compete with some of these businesses. And I'm already seeing some. I've interviewed with some that offer nice fat base pays, mm -hmm. nice high commission. They have lots of employees. They have global reach, and they've got uh, time under their belt. And they're not they're not reliant on Facebook staying alive to yeah. do their business. So it's I I think it's inevitable, and I, and I could be wrong about that, but I think over time, um, some of these small coaching businesses are going to start recognizing that it's even harder to find the good talent, um, yeah. even more so than it was, um, than more so than it is currently. Yeah, I agree with that. Do you think that those big businesses coming in, or do you think that the other types of business coming in from the corporate world, bringing in that corporate mentality, is good for sales? Or do you think it's it's kind of kind of dilute back everyone to that nine to five mentality? In some ways, I I I think the nine to five mentality is still here. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. Do I think it's going to get worse? I don't know. I don't know. I'd say that at least in my opinion, jury is still hung on that. But you got some of these business owners that are just hell bent on I want you available all day, every day, and you know, half a day on Saturday and control. evenings on, on Sundays. And it's, yeah, it's like it's control. And you said it earlier, like they're, I think a lot of them are scared to give up any sort of control because this is their baby. Like this is their, this is literally their brain manifesting itself in real life. And it's like, I don't know who wouldn't want to be protective of that, but at some point, if you want to scale, you're going to have to figure out how to give over control. And I think a lot of that comes from identifying who the right people are for your business. But again, with wearing 15,000 different hats, they don't, uh, recruiting and and being able to be a talent identifier is a skill as well that business owners just flat out aren't good at. And so they hire the wrong people. They look at, all right, so how many boxes do you check? You check five out of seven boxes. Okay, those are good odds. Let's let, I'm going to hire you. Instead of recognizing that it's the intangibles mm -hmm. are going to make the difference. It's, hey, could I grab a beer with you after work? Do our personalities line up? Are we like two peas in a pot? Are we bros? Could we 
uh, do well even outside of work? Do we have anything uh, in addition to the, the vision that we share with this company that we can find common ground on? It's those types of things that are maybe sometimes hard to quantify that I think really make the difference in whether or not somebody does well longer term on an offer. Yeah. I, I heard something the other day and it, it was in, in regards to relationships and, and men and women, but I think it applies still like as most relationship things do to business. But um, the guy said, I don't look for the gorgeous woman anymore. He's like, I don't look for the gorgeous because everybody in the world could think she's beautiful. Right. But I don't look for that anymore because usually other women, other people around her hate her because of who she is. I look for the woman who other women esteem, other women like. When she walks in a room, people are glad to see her. She elevates everyone around her. She's like, because he said, I want to be elevated by my partner. I want to be elevated by the person I'm with. So I want them to bring something to my life and add to my life and make me look better. Right? And it's the yeah. same thing with business. When I hire someone, when I say, all right, I want to bring you onto my team. I want to give you a part of me, which is my business. I want you to elevate that. I, I'm, I'm looking at how you light up a room. I'm looking at how you interact with people. I'm looking at what you've done, your social presence, your personal brand. I'm looking at that to make sure that I'm elevating my business by adding you to it. Right. If that's not happening, if I don't see any of those things, you're right. not on my base. You're not on my team. Regardless of how long it takes me to find that person, I will do everything that I can to grind it out by myself before I bring someone in my team who's not going to elevate it. Right. Facts. It's better. I mean, dude, it's better to run a mile by yourself than to run it with fucking baggage, right? Like imagine having 50 pounds of dumbbells behind you, right? Like somebody that doesn't fit into the team that makes shit worse, just their baggage, you know? Like you can't even trust them to take your sex calls because they're, you know, they're going to fuck it up. You right. Know? That's another thing too, is I think a lot of businesses, they're better off selling for themselves. Like don't even bring somebody into the mix. Like you're just creating more headache for what, how many more X, uh, you know, amount of money per month, like $200,000 a month isn't good enough. Like, mm -hmm. like at, at, does your life really get that much better going from 200 to 250 a month with a sales rep? I don't think so. Yeah. It's, it's also a red flag to me if, if the business owner can't help their business. If you've got a baby, right, and you can't tell me good things about your baby that make me want to see your baby, then there's there's something wrong with your baby, right? <laughs> so if you've got a business that you can't bring people into, that you can't attract people to, there's something wrong there. Now, I get some people have great products and they just aren't good on the phone talking to people, aren't good at selling things. But if I can't get you one-on-one -on -one in private, get you comfortable and let you just tell me everything good about your business, if you can't do that to me as a recruiter who I'm trying to get to know your business about, if you're just reading me a, a byline of what your business does, that's a red flag to me. Yeah. Yeah. I really do think that businesses would be far better off just like, kind of like what you say, creating an environment that people want to be a part of. Yeah. And instead of you know, coming in with a bunch of demands and forcing people to, to do certain things. And it's like, if you're not excited about your business, how is someone else going to get excited about it too? Like you can get people to buy into your vision because if you can figure out how to transfer uh, the, that belief to them, 
and get them into a headspace where they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And I call that like buy-in. And that's really how you get people to stay is because they feel like there's a, a bigger mission and a bigger sense of belonging that transcends just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm showing up and getting this thing done. They're seeing a bigger picture unfold. And I think that's how you attract the right people and keep the right people and not saying, okay, well, I need you X, Y, Z hours. And it's, it's letting people be, be themselves at the end of the day, which yeah. I don't think a lot of businesses know how to do. They want cogs. They want someone to do exactly the, you know, what, what they have set up. Best offer I ever sold on had zero script, no overhead, no team calls, uh, nothing. The only thing that I had was I was a customer first. So I knew what I knew the offer in and out yeah. slapped best fate, most favorite offer I've ever been on the guy was like, here you go. I'm not a sales guy. You are have yeah. fun with it. Oh my gosh, man. So, so good. <laughs> Isn't that like, it's interesting. Cause it just goes all the way down too. Cause like the way you treat your team is the way they treat your clients. And that's the way your, cl your clients treat your fulfillment. And that those are like the results and, and the wheel and the referrals, right? Like it, if the salespeople hate what they're doing and they're cogs and they're not using their personality, like, I just can't help but think that's going to affect the fulfillment of the customers, like the delivery, the results, um, and, and at the bare minimum, keep you from scaling at to the next level. You know, um, I, I like, I respect companies like, you know, like VaynerMedia, like Gary Vee, like, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. You know? So it's like the, the EQ, the intangibles, the emotional parts are all like on point, but there's also like the systems, the processes, yeah. and, like the structure, you know, when you get those two together, bro. Those are the companies where like you're, you're like, I think that's what everybody should look for. Yeah, you know? yeah 100%. And, and that brings us back to what we talked about in the beginning of if you're a salesperson and you're coming into this, like knowing what you want, knowing what your goal is, knowing what yeah. the vision is for your future, even if it's going to expand later, saying, I'm at this point now, I want to be at this point in a couple of months. I don't want to be stuck in the same place where I'm at. And just having a, a, a type of, drive that says okay now because i want to get there and i know i'm here i'm going to push myself to grow to learn to experience and from there get to where i want to be and then when i get to where i want to be i'm going to reevaluate and i'm going to set more goals and i'm going to go but you're not going to find companies like that if you're just okay. trying to come into the space with your handout trying to you know fondle whoever can give you an opportunity <laughs> and it's like yeah, but, but that's that's what they're doing Okay, yeah. So on that note about coming across maybe a bit needy and desperate, um, I actually think that a lot of people are. Yeah. Like they're not faking that. They are because <laughs> they, they came in, they spent way too much money on something that they shouldn't have spent money on. They should have bought a little bit of time, looked up some YouTube videos, did a few Google searches. You can get a lot of information that way without having to spend any money whatsoever. A ton of read some books, read some books. Exactly. $10, $15 for a book. I think a lot of people are desperate and needy because they're overextended and they're like, I need a job. Like I can't pay my bills. I had somebody two weeks ago tell me that his Wi-Fi got shut off because he couldn't pay his bills. I'm like, okay, this is when you start thinking outside the box. Okay. And stop and take off those blinders and don't necessarily need to get a job in a high ticket role right this second. Mm -hmm. Let me go work at McDonald's. I don't know. Work anywhere that, that has a very low barrier of, uh, to, of entry yeah. into uh, working there. You shouldn't have your bills falling off the table you could, because you're like, oh, I'm going to do this no matter what. Okay. At some point, this is where, like what we said earlier, you got to have a plan B. Yeah. And if you just, sometimes you just got to take a step back so you can then take 
two steps forward. Like you're just so dialed in that you're not seeing what's going on around you and stuff's falling apart. So I think sometimes like more, more often than not, people are just need to take more time. And you got this also this like sentiment in the, in the market that, okay, I'm going to come in, I'm going to take this three, four month program. And then I'm going to be a high ticket closer. And then I'm going to be the man. I'm going to have it all figured out. And it's like, no, that should be like a launch pad. And if you're thinking, okay, I'm spending $10,000 on myself to learn something. And that's the only time I'm ever going to, I'm ever going to invest myself. Well, you've lost and you haven't even started yet. Yep. So I think people need to stop looking at their high ticket journey as a four month closed cannon journey. And instead treating that initial uh, step into some sort of program, which, you know, again, nothing wrong with doing that. I think it's, it, we should be willing to invest in ourselves and yeah. it, it, it forces you to be invested in other ways, not just financially when you do fork over all that money, because that money is a representation of your time and hard work and sweat equity. So I think there's some, some value in investing in yourself for sure and continuing to do that. But again, it's just uh, playing the long game instead of thinking that like, okay, I'm going from here to 90 days and then I'm going to be good. Which exactly. yeah, it's not sexy to to say that, which is why it doesn't ever get said. And people get ninety days in, they're like, "What's going on? Why? How, how come yeah. I'm not here? Like, what did I miss? You didn't miss anything, bro." Yeah, there's a lot of ways to make money on Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook. That's true. Yeah, be like <laughs> Gary Vee, flip stuff. Yeah, flip stuff. Garage sales. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying garage sales, dude. Feed Finder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do yeah. stupid stuff like that. You know, you can do anything to make money. There's no excuse for you not being able to pay your bills. You not being able to pay your bills is not the recruiter's issue. You it's don't have the recruiter's problem to solve. That's your problem to solve. Go be resourceful and, and put a couple extra more dollars in your pocket so that way you're not coming from a place of scarcity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, you know what? It, it's like you want to have your main thing, right? Like the thing you're used to that you don't have to fucking think about that you just kind of do almost on autopilot that pays you. And then you want to have a, have a side hustle, you know? I think that's ideal for anybody. 40 hours a week making money and making sure your bills are paid. And then your side hustle. Because soon the side hustle becomes your full-time thing, right? Like now, like sales is my full-time thing, right? Like if I make 10 grand a month, like I can just go somewhere else and make that or go somewhere else and make that, right? That's the standard now. So it's like, you know, for, like just me personally, right? The side hustle is like an e-com store or like getting involved here. Like I think like every, like that's, you know, you can't just make your... You, you haven't earned the side hustle being your main thing yet. And if you don't understand that, you're going to have to have a very painful number of lessons to learn, you know? Yeah. And I see that happening a lot, bro. I've seen so many people like, yeah, I quit my job. I'm in the closing full time. I've never sold before, but the, <laughs> the, the, the marketing told me I can make the money in three months. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to, come on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I feel bad for laughing, but at the same time, like you have to build in room to grow into it. Like you can't just expect to walk in, like like Zach said, you can't just expect to walk into the space and be like, yeah, I'm going to make 10K in three months and then bank on making 10K in three months. You've got to build that room to grow into that money, which right. means you've got to build that process of like, all right, here I am, like we've been talking about, here's where I'm at. What development do I need to do? Either sales yeah. training or the personal development? Do I need to schedule more more time with a mentor? Do I need to, you know, figure whatever I need to figure out to get to that point? Because it's not just gonna pop in. You don't just wake up one day and you yeah. can ball like like Mike. You know, you have to develop and you have to grow. It's a yeah. lesson you gotta learn though. I I feel like it sounds fucked up. 
but I feel like it's a lesson that needs to be learned. Like you can't just be fucking gullible, you know? And I think like, yeah, like, it, you know, in my opinion, right. These are all my opinions, right. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, the, the whole school system, like right? the Rockefellers, all this stuff it was designed to make people not think. So they're compliant employees. And that's like perpetuating into the way that people think coming out of high school. So they bring that mentality here. I get it. But if you want something different, there's certain things you need to learn. And it, it's like that as bad as you feel like, you, you you can't go through this life being fucking stupid and gullible i'm sorry but like you know what i mean like if you're not thinking you're in my opinion you're stupid because you're thoughtless you're right you're, you're you're just clueless you there's know? a thing that we do it with everything else right we, we do it with everything else we we say okay i want to be a doctor i know that right now i can't operate i don't yeah. know so i need to go to school to grow i need to learn and educate myself to grow to be better right? Uh, I want to be great at McDonald's flipping burgers. I know nothing about it. I don't want to burn myself on this grill. So I need to learn about it. But for some reason, we come into the high ticket space and we're like, I'm going to make money now. I'm going to make it right now. And no one's going to do anything to, to stop me. And we don't give ourselves the time to grow into. We don't give ourselves an orientation period. I fell for that shit, bro. I, I... So did I. I mean, I, I, I mean, <laughs> like you said, I, I shouldn't laugh because I thought the same thing. I really did. Full transparency. I was like, oh, I got this in the bag. I quit my job too early and thought the only, the missing piece was I need to be able to work 10 hours a day at this. That wasn't it. Like you said, it was a rite of passage. I had to give it actual time. And now, sure, did I expedite the process by going full time and quitting my job too early? Yeah, probably. But I, I think I did pull the trigger a bit too prematurely. Um looking back. So yeah, you know, full transparency, I think it is something that at one point or other, we all go through, we all have to go through in order to get to that point where, like you said, Jay Daniel, where we, where we, we earn it. I think a lot of people would benefit from recognizing that <clears throat> that journey is for your benefit. If you, you want that time to pass because you want to be ready for it when it happens. If you're not ready and you get, you, you get it, you're probably going to end up losing it. And that hurts even more than never having it to begin with. So it's like, let time pass, let things take their course and be ready to receive it when it, when all that work does start finally paying off and you hit that, that hockey stick momentum curve, as we all like to, you know, look at with different graphs. Um, and I think you'd be happier for it. Just biding your time a little bit more. Yeah. 100%. Sure. I think, I think that's a good point to wrap it up. This was yeah. fire. Guys, if you're watching this and you haven't like hit the like button and, and shared to all your fucking friends, we still love you and be sure to come back next week. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you so much, Zach, for coming on and spending this time with us. It's it's one of those things where, you know, 10 episodes and it's nothing. We haven't done anything crazy, but we felt like we wanted to bring somebody on who can kind of vibe with us and get, get what we're trying to put out and just kind of help us just ebb and flow off of that. And I think that's, it's been a beautiful episode and we've done exactly that. Yeah. Super appreciate y'all's time. Thanks so much for letting me come and hang with you guys. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm um, looking forward to seeing your uh, upcoming episodes and yeah, definitely anybody who's listening, check it out. Um, these guys are the real deal and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing this relationship with y'all and yeah thanks again where can people find you if they're looking for you you can find me at uh i just changed my facebook name after like three years what did i change it to <laughs> let me look i'll tell you uh you can find me at facebook.com slash zach brown 1991 there you go there you go there it is see you guys this has been a great episode of the sales at home podcast i'm victor ninja closer 
That is my guy, Jay Daniel Castro. And we have had a great episode with Zach Brown. We will see you next week.